Hello and welcome to Data is Plural, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Singer Vine. On this episode, we have Andy Wolf, former president of the Great Pumpkin Commonwealth, which coordinates the giant pumpkin contests I featured in the October 26, 2022 edition of the Data is Plural newsletter. Without further ado, here we go. Uh, my name is Andy Wolf. I am a uh, giant pumpkin grower. I uh, do it uh, as a hobby, as most of us do. I don't think there's any professional giant pumpkin growers. Most all of us have uh, uh, a regular job. Uh, uh, I'm actually an inspector for our uh, local health department. Uh, so like water sampling and restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. What qualifies as a giant pumpkin these days? Oh boy, you know, that's a tough question. I mean, everybody has their own standards, I suppose. Um, my uh, my uh, bar is a little bit higher than most just because of what I've grown. But as a beginner, if uh, you've never done it before and you've never seen the biggest of the big ones, uh, you know, a three or 400 pound pumpkin uh, it looks like an absolute monster to most people. You recently grew a pumpkin, I think this year, that weighed 2,493 pounds. Yeah, I just missed that 2,500 pound mark. How many in the history of pumpkin growing have hit 2,500? Oh, I think there's probably less than 10. Maybe there's around 10 officially over 2,500 now. And that that word interests me, officially. And this is part of the reason I invited you on is that you are involved in the official measuring of giant pumpkins. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we take them to the uh, pumpkin contest and there's uh, well over a hundred of them worldwide officially. Uh, We go there and they're weighed on, you know, calibrated scales. Uh, They're measured ahead of time so that we, to build up, uh, you know, suspense anyway, are going from the smallest to the largest. And ideally, uh, the uh, heaviest one gets weighed last, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they're uh, kind of close, and, and sometimes it comes down to a matter of how thick they are. Um, so you'll have some surprises there. How do you weigh something that is enormous like that? Well, when I was a kid, <clears throat> and I'm thinking probably nine or 10 years old, we went to you know, the closest competition near us just uh, as spectators. I wasn't a grower at the time. And, um, you know, back then the heaviest pumpkins would be seven, 800 pounds. And so they would get the uh, high school football team and they would move them with a tarp, uh, off the pallet onto the scales and, and weigh them that way. Well, you know, as these pumpkins got heavier and heavier, you know, you either needed more football players or you needed some heavy equipment. So now when we come to the uh, contest, the pumpkins are on a, on a, you know, traditional skid or pallet, and they're unloaded with a forklift. And we have the uh, special lifting harnesses that go on them. It's a, like a steel welded ring. And then these uh, uh, nylon straps that come off the sides and, and tie off underneath the girth of the pumpkin. And so at that point, when everything's strapped in real good, you just hook a chain to the machine and you lift them up and, and set them on the scale, unhook the harness, and so it's just the naked pumpkin itself sitting on the scale with nothing else. So we're getting a true weight. Got it. Wow. So for 
some of you say is not really a professional circuit. It sounds like you've figured out a lot of the details. <laughs> well, we, we take it seriously. I guess I'll put it that way. How many people would you say today are big pumpkin growers? I'll bet you worldwide there's probably, probably one or 2,000 people that try it on a regular basis. They may not grow every year or they may, they may have um, bad years where they don't bring anything. Uh, but there's probably a couple thousand that are uh, consistently trying to uh, you know, uh, have fun with it. Do we know when the first giant pumpkin contest was held? Yeah, it, it gets a little sketchy before 1900. I'm sure there was some, uh, uh, you know, small fairs uh, that have records of stuff. Um, the Southern New England Club uh, has a really good history on their website. But really, it starts 1900 and um, uh, 1904, something like that. William Warnock had a 400-pound pumpkin and then like a 404-pound pumpkin. Uh, that was back in the days of the World's Fair, and, and he took one to Paris, and then I believe the second one uh, to uh, St. Louis a couple of years later. And so that was, that was kind of the start of it. And then there's kind of this uh, dead zone until the, uh, the 1970s. 1975, a uh, guy had one that was um, mid 400 pounds, breaking the world record. And then the late 1970s, things kind of really kicked off with Howard Dill. Uh, he got into starting breeding them for size uh, in Nova Scotia. Howard had the biggest one in the world, I believe for four years running. Two of those were world records. Then you get to say like the mid 1980s, late 1980s, it gets a little bit more popular. You've got probably uh, a dozen serious contests around the US and Canada. The weights start going up. Then you hit like the early 1990s is what I would consider, you know, the start of the modern times of giant pumpkin growing. And it just took off. It was a new world record almost every single year. And I just, I can't believe, you know, with what little statistics that I know, how steady the rise in the world record has been. So like from the early 1990s to today, uh, if you plot it out on a graph, the R squared value is like a 0 0.97 to 0 0.99. Wow. It is a very, very steady increase. You know, it's just crazy. There's no reason to think it's going to slow down in the near future. So we are looking at a 3,000 pound pumpkin in the next couple of years. Is there any reason to believe there is a physical limit to how large a pumpkin can get? Uh, years ago, we worked uh, with uh, a guy that did the calculations. He figured that you know, just due to density and structural issues that they would max out at something crazy like 30,000 pounds before they just collapsed on themselves. Yeah. So, so really there's no end in sight in the near future. Have you had to contend with any cheating scandals or schemes to make a pumpkin heavier? I, I will say not in modern, what I would consider modern pumpkin growing. When I was a kid, we went uh, to this local way off and uh, it, there was a pumpkin. And, and again, we'll talk about this later, but you can estimate the weight of a pumpkin roughly uh, by the size of it, uh, the measurements. Well, this pumpkin looked like it was about 400 pounds or so. And when it went onto the scales, it was like 700 some pounds, uh, just significantly over what it should have weighed. Um, 
And this was kind of back in the Wild West uh, days of, of uh, pumpkin contest. And so what happened was, uh, you know, the director of the competition said, nope, haul that one over there. They hauled it over there. And, you know, a couple of the big guys rolled it up and somebody pulled out a long knife, cut a hole in the bottom and all this water just gushed right out. So nowadays it's a completely different world to have anything where you could get away with that is really tough, partly because it's, you know, technology has really changed things in that um, just since the internet's come along, it really has shrunk the world in the, in the way that everybody knows everybody. I mean, and it, maybe it's my bias because I've been doing this for 25 years or so. So if somebody's got a good one that's going mid-season, most people know about it. Word gets out, you know, and so it's really tough to, I, I really can't imagine the way we inspect things at the contest now that something like that could uh, really fly under the radar. Yeah, that makes sense. In what other ways has modern technology changed pumpkin weighing or pumpkin growing? Going back to when I first got into it, uh, you would have way off sites that would um, post the results by faxing the results to headquarters uh, and, and now, um, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, the website that we all use bigpumpkins.com. Uh, those results get uploaded. They can be uploaded real time as the pumpkins are being weighed and, and, uh, put up to the website. So, you know, you could have people all around the world who knew that there was a big one out there going to a certain competition, kind of holding their breath and watching the results listing or even watching on like uh, Facebook live or something like that. Bigpumpkins.com is how I found out about you and your world. Can you tell us a little bit more about the data you present there? So when you show up to a contest, uh, what should happen is you get your pumpkin unloaded off the truck or your trailer and it gets put in, you know, in line somewhere. And then uh, as you, after you register, uh, you're going to have a team of growers uh, that you know know the process. They're going to go around with a tape measure, and they're going to measure uh, their circumference, the side to side, and the front to back of the pumpkins. And those three measurements add up um, to somewhat closely predict uh, what that pumpkin's going to weigh. Uh, obviously, we still have to weigh them, um, but uh, you know, for the most part, the uh, the chart, as we call it. Um, that we look up and, uh, and see where exactly you fall based on the measurements, it is probably going to hit plus or minus 5% of that guesstimate, uh, about 80%, maybe more of the time. Wow. And so that chart has been revised a few times through the years because what has happened is um, the growers overall have been selectively breeding for pumpkins that are thicker or more dense. And it's made some of the old charts out of date uh, to the point where, you know, at one point it seemed like 90% of the pumpkins were going heavier than a chart. So everything had to be readjusted more or less to balance it out so that 50% were light and 50% were heavy centered around that point. Beyond that, obviously, we're taking the grower's name, uh, hometown, uh, and uh, much like uh, champion horse race uh, horses, uh, we know the parentage of these pumpkins back 
you know, generations, you know, back to the 1980s uh, and beyond then, some of them. Um, and that's kind of important because, you know, when you look at that listing, you see what a lot of these big pumpkins were grown from, the seed that it came out of. Uh, one of the big pumpkins from the previous year or the two years before that. And so, you know, pumpkin growers kind of flock to those seeds that have a proven track record. And so most of those ones that grow something big will get tried again the following year and the year after. Is there any additional data you personally collect about your own pumpkins to understand them better? Uh, yeah. So we're looking at um, the uh, information on the plant itself. So the square footage, um, I will try to keep track of um, the vine layout, the number of vines. Of course, then you've got all the other information like my soil testing. Um, actually, for the first time, I sent in my irrigation water for sampling. And um, we're getting a little bit more scientific as far as that goes. Uh, we'll compare notes uh, with the other growers and see, all right, does 900 square feet per plant work better than, say, 1,500 square feet per plant? And we really haven't pinned down any perfect way to do it quite yet. You know, just when you think you've got uh, things figured out, somebody grows things in a different climate and kind of completely up you know, upsets the standard thinking. Have you or any other growers attempted to genetically sequence your pumpkins, try to understand them at that level? I think we're getting close to that. The nice thing is the sequencing apparently has gotten so cheap. It is getting to the point where it's kind of viable for, you know, some hobbyists like us to, to try to do some genetic sequencing and see what's going on. But uh, yeah, that's probably the next frontier. I don't think we're there close enough to do any genetic editing. That would be the next goal afterwards, I suppose. How big is your pumpkin patch these days? How much space does that take up? The, uh, the main competition plants that I put in, that is roughly uh, 9,000 square feet or so. So figure about 90 foot by 100 feet. It's a lot of work. I put in probably uh, seven or eight competition plants each year. And that's more than most growers do. I would say most of the growers put in three or four on average. You get a few guys like me that put in a crazy amount. And then you have people that, you know, whether they're growing in a city uh, location that have a real small back lot that can only do one or two plants, uh, you have both extremes. Do you have a sense of how much it costs you to grow one pumpkin? It can cost as much or as little as you want to throw at it. I would say it probably each plant probably cost me oh, a couple hundred dollars each year, you know, and that's between the fertilizers and the irrigation line and, and all the other stuff that I throw at it. You know, I, I tell people you can do it very cheaply. You know, it's not some secret society thing. We're more than willing to give out seeds. You know, we, we welcome new growers and, you know, I tell people that, if you can grow a good garden, you can grow big pumpkins. So give it a shot. A big thanks to Andy for this interview. Our conversation, like all others on the podcast, has been edited to fit into 15 minutes. Additional thanks to Nikhil Sanat, who composed this season's theme music, and to Brian Banks for helping to shape the entire endeavor. And thank you for listening. To subscribe to the Data is Plural newsletter, 
visit data-is-plural.com. Thank you.